0: how we do one thing is how we do everything we we get we get in this space where all of a sudden we're stuck and then by us doing and being in different environments hearing different things critically thinking moving now our brain begins to build new pathways
1: Welcome to This Thing Called Movement, a podcast exploring our relationship to movement and how it impacts every other facet of our lives. I'm your host, Marie Janicek, Movement Guide and co-founder of Evolna, an intuitive movement lifestyle company helping people create a more fulfilling relationship to their body and self. Through my experiences in the worlds of dance and fitness, I've always been deeply connected to movement and fascinated by how it shapes us. Join me as I dive into conversations with esteemed professionals from a variety of fields and backgrounds. Together, we'll gain insight into their personal movement experiences, the transformations that resulted, and how movement has affected their lives at large. I hope this podcast inspires and empowers you to create a more authentic relationship with your body as you experience the tremendous ripple effect movement can have on all other facets of your life. New episodes will be released on Friday mornings every other week. In the meantime, enjoy. Today's guest is Paul Newell a health, yoga, and movement practitioner, and a men's wellness facilitator. Paul and I share a love of movement and energy, which made this conversation really special. One of the prevalent themes is the concept of masculine and feminine energy, how important it is to bring both into balance overall and within ourselves. We also spoke about the importance of slowing down, tuning into the subtleties of our body, and being willing to listen to its messages. Paul believes that how we do one thing informs how we do everything, which was such a powerful message here. And with that said, let's dive into the rest of the conversation. Paul, thank you so much for coming on today. I've been watching your work for a long time and really love this unique bridge of movement and energy and self-awareness that you bring together.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for this conversation today.
1: Yeah. Paul and I first met, well, I was just doing the math on this, like four years ago yep. through Mike Fitch from Animal Flow. We were at the Level 2 retreat together in Miami, yes. and this was our first time like having a solid conversation since then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is the beginning of some powerful, resonant things coming. So, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, i I'm, I'm experiencing a lot of goodness right now.
1: And of course, the most notable thing has been the coronavirus pandemic. So, the big question. <laughs> yeah, let's breathe for a
0: moment. Um, yeah, yeah, let's breathe that in. Pur-
1: how pertinent breath, right? Um. Mm-hmm. So how how has coronavirus changed your life? And I know there's probably lots of different ways. So you can sort of streamline it to the most significant things that have shifted for you since March.
0: Well, uh, the first thing is I had double hip replacement in June.
1: Wow. And
0: uh, yes, so this, the coronavirus and quarantine has been a transformational experience in many ways for me. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, the first part of the the first part of, uh, of the quarantine, uh, I've, been, I've been furloughed from my full time gig, I'm a personal trainer with Lifetime Athletics, in Berkeley Heights, um, along with the energy work I do outside of it. And so I was, I've been furloughed. And at that point, i had been experiencing a lot of pain. And um, and I, you know, I denied it. I was like, I'll stretch it out as a yoga instructor. I was like, I'll stretch, blah, blah, blah. So when this all came up, I had more time to really experience what I was experiencing and get support and see a doctor. And when they told me, he was like, first things out of his mouth he was like, your hips are effed up. I was like, nice to meet you too. Nice to meet you too. So, uh, so I got surgery June 17th. I'm two months out when, the, when we're recording this. And uh, it has given me this space and opportunity to be present. Mm. And to do things slow and steady. So I'm very grateful uh for this time. Very grateful.
1: I'm curious, was this issue with your hip something that you've been putting off pre-quarantine?
0: Uh, I mean, I mean only like 10 years. But uh, <laughs> it's been I mean, listen, when we met down at, at Mike's, yeah. uh, I mean, I was having hip problems. Like a lot of the things when we were doing Scorpion Sweep, like those were things that I, uh, it was tough to, it was difficult to access because my hip was so cranky and tight. And at the time, you know, I, had, I had, uh, from what my doctors have, have said with the x-rays, it had been a degenerative hip defect, most likely since birth. And I developed arthritis over the years, it became severe. So it limited my range of motion. and with the fact that I was doing animal flow, teaching yoga, I still had more range of motion than anyone that had then would then would be on and, you know, inactive. Mm. So this was, it, I was putting it off. I, I you know, part of it was, I was running my own gig and uh, I, uh, you know, I failed to have insurance, health insurance. So I was like, ah, oh, taking on that expense is a little difficult. So once I got a full time gig, you know, I had, I had insurance. That's when everything unfolded. So, uh, I put it off ego and scared, actually. <laughs>
1: and I also feel I don't know if you deal with this, but I think especially being somebody who's so movement oriented, like and and trying to position yourself as the expert. There's like the double whammy of number one. I think the, lear- the thing I learned in quarantine was how much I struggle to actually take care of myself first rather than take care of my clients and my business big whammy and then number two I imagine there's also a lot of kind of resistance around getting help when you're supposed to be the professional who can take care of yourself and I know for myself I have a lot of resistance around surgery and not to say I'm like better than it but I can imagine that that might have been something at play for you as well
0: yes absolutely I- this was the first major surgery I had ever had in my life. And I just turned 45 years old. So it's like, so, and and to top it all off, it's they're going in and they're putting components in my body. So as much as my mental, I was like, yeah, this is going to be cool. Yeah. My energy and my spirit was like, I'm frightened. What if I don't get out? And I, I mean, also, I mean, I have high blood pressure. So you know, doing that type of surgery, I, I I'm going into it like, listen, anything can happen. <laughs> Let me make sure my my papers and my affairs are in order. So uh, it is, it, and, it, and you you hit on a great point right there. Being the professional I want, there's there was a, a bit of letting go of that ego of being a beginner again. Like, okay, I yeah, listen. I have yet to know everything this surgeon knows, and. Hey, I'm free of any attachment to wanting to know. <laughs> so I'm gonna, please do what you do. I'll do whatever you whatever you ask of me to get this right. So I had to let go of that and think like, oh, well I know what that could be in this and go outside of that to really experience what was happening with my body and how I was moving, tightness where I was holding it, all these things uh, <laughs> unearthed themselves. In this process amazing
1: yeah and i'm curious also like not only divesting that ego but but like you're saying like noticing these subtle ways where you're gripping and holding on you know like this is always the hardest thing to communicate to people when they're dealing with an injury that feels acute it's like well i moved this furniture this one time and it was that thing and it's yeah. I always like it, that's the hardest part to get across is actually there was a buildup. There's been mm-hmm. a series of patterns happening your whole life for decades and they've been compounding, compounding. And this was the straw that broke the camel's back. And it's really challenging for all of us, even as professionals to be able to bring that focus inward into those subtle details to be more in tune with our bodies at a moment by moment basis and for me personally, and also witnessing my clients, this has been the biggest gift this virus has given us. is yes. Despite all the difficulties of it, it forced us to stop, slow down, and listen.
0: Yes. So many points. I'm resonating. I'm like, check, 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 check. If it was a buzzer, I'd be like, bing, 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 <laughs> like, yes. It's a while. I was just talking. I was, I was talking with my. I was speaking with my partner about this two days ago. We had just come from uh, Pulaski, New York. It was beautiful up there, and I was, mm-hmm. and I was, it was I was telling, I was saying, as I was watching her in the river, just be present. I was like, what a gift this time frame has been to allow us this space to slow down, because it, it was relevant to the question you asked. Like, had this been a buildup? this had been something that had continued to build up over time. And my body continued to compensate and continued to hold tightness in areas to make other areas work even harder than other areas break down. So there had been a collection of consequences from this thing that happened, <laughs> that started off as a seed, right? Mm. As a seed. And, and this this space of, for me, My breath work, even in the recovery process, like breathing into what I was experiencing, because I, I, you know, I wanted to. I really didn't want to get too much into the painkiller, so I was. I took it when I absolutely needed to to sleep, and then like I would breathe. What is my body experiencing? Because I knew that I had I had completely shut myself off from that for the majority of my life my body had been like, hey, something's, something's up. And I'm like, shut up. I got <laughs> to do this. Back. I got to do <laughs> legs today. Yeah, get, get in the back. I got to do legs today. You know? Oh, it's God. like, hold on. And this is, you know, I, I, if I, as a, 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 to acknowledge something for a moment, you know, when I, when I, when I saw that episode that you had with, with Mike, and I was like, I'm going to check out what he's doing right now. And I checked out your website. One of the things I really dig about when you're talking about the feminine energy and what you're talking about with movement, I think from a male's perspective, I think it's very important, especially during this time, that males get more in tune with the feminine energy within them. So guys would be like, what the heck? Who's you talking about? Well, since you asked, what that means is being uh, receptive, being nurturing intuitively communicating and listening to what the body's saying so as an example a concrete example you know there's times like i want to do a lot of pull-ups and then when my body and my elbows experiences discomfort me using the feminine energy is like i'm going to hang today or maybe up today i'm going to ease off the masculine energy is like i'm going to do it anyway it'll go away Mm. so I see if, and actually it's it's with everyone, if everyone that I think is in fitness, uh, it taps more into that feminine energy, I think is beneficial because when I was talking to the surgeon, they were saying a lot of athletes and yogis and CrossFitters and Pilates, people are coming in for these joint replacement surgeries that should be done with people like 70, 80, 90 years old. Now it's more like in their forties or fifties. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I think with your point about the masculine and feminine energies, these are energies we all hold within us, whatever, yes. whatever sex you identify it with, whatever gender, whatever, whatever orientation, whatever you put yourself in it, we all are at play with these energies. And yes. if you can even take out some of the presumptive uh, qualities of what feminine versus masculine means, and just see them as sort of the yin and the yang principle, things that feed into one another, light and dark, hot and cold. You never actually want to give up one for the other. One informs the other. And so it's about encountering both. But what we've seen, and I think we see this in fitness, and then we've actually its seen it infiltrate everywhere, our politics, like yeah. everything in this country and in the world, is there's been a preference and a hierarchy towards masculine energy and mm-hmm. that prioritization of masculine at the expense of feminine or masculine over or masculine instead of the feminine energy has created these massive imbalances and we see it in our body so then you know even like females or ideologically more feminine energy movement practices end up taking on that masculine approach and then they're not necessarily helpful but right. even even in crossfit you know even in these more traditionally like masculine energy scenarios that mm-hmm. feminine energy balances it out so it can be stable resilient and strong
0: exactly exactly and i think this is the work I, I, that in a that's why I'm excited about this reconnection that you and I have had. That you and I have because I, this this is a message that I see being out there more because it's a balance, really. It's it's you know I, I I associate it with light and dark, right? The sun, like hey, the sun's great, love the sun, and also you know what? If it was sun all day long, I'd be like, okay, this is this is wearing me out. <laughs> now I have the moon, right? If I have the moon. Now I have night. If I have the moon all day long, man, I, I'm drained and depleted. Yeah. I need sunlight. So there's a balance. Yeah. And the more we can start to understand and recognize that, you know, this is one of the reasons I t- I really took it, took into uh, really got into animal flow mm-hmm. because it was a way like for me, yoga was okay. I'm going to have a teacher or I'll guide myself into a practice where I'm in a pose. I'm embodying a pose being in animal flow i can put on music and i can create and move my body and like where's my body today like ooh that felt good to move my spine or to move in a way that usually i would i i, I wouldn't
1: yeah and
0: it was away from that was one of the ways that helped elevate really a consciousness or awareness and especially around my breath like how much I would hold, because I was—I would find that I would get so tired. And when I first started learning too, I was like, "Oh, I'm trying to get this. I'm trying to get this flow." And I hold my breath, and I was like, "Why am I so tired?" Then I then I began to slow down. Where is my breath with this? And then I noticed I was like, "Wow, I was just rushing through this limitation here. Let me give this some love." Mm. So it's it's you know especially with men and i actually i'm going to say for all for everyone because in our what i what i experience in our society what i see perceive is there's a very rigid like okay i have to do it this way when in reality there's a there's a myriad of ways to do it especially based on the individual yes because yeah and I'm, I could get into the energy part of it, the chakra <laughs> systems, but like you oh, know what? I know we got some time. I know we got a certain amount of time. So I'm oh like,
1: no, no, no! We're gonna get into those because I want to. And second, <laughs> you know what you're talking about about that that balance. Something that was my personal journey the last four years was allowing myself to divest from my pinpointed narrow-minded way of approaching my relationship with my body now Mm -hmm. I was I was incredibly lucky to have been a dancer who got to move and do all sorts of things then I got into fitness and it was like new toys like weights. ooh this feels different and then animal flow felt like such a great synthesis of those two worlds so I fell right in love with it but that being said in order for me to cultivate my energy practice, I had to completely stop moving because I was moving as an addiction. It was my way of bypassing the work, as we call it. and. It was my way of avoiding myself. Now, it was doing me good, but I was taking it in that more masculine energy, more push, more effort, more do. And I was noticing the cycle within myself, like severe, like body dysmorphia, severe self-hatred. Like I could not do enough to my body to feel at home within it. Mm. So I put that down, which was in many ways the scariest thing I've ever done in my life because movement was my life force. And what I discovered was not only did I not, you know, become fat and like look like an elephant after this, although elephants are majestic. So
0: <laughs> yeah, that
1: um, not only like were my worst fears about what would happen to my body not true. But then when I started coming back into movement, I had this whole other depth and richness and dimensionality accessible to me that would mm. not have been possible had i not gone into the unknown had i not you know encountered my fears and just let go of that one way of living and moving that i knew right. in service of something greater
0: mm. So I have a question. I'm curious because I'm oh, not nah, see you have Two curious people on the podcast live guys. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, because I, 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 what were you, that part where you talked about, um, like co- stopping and then coming back to movement in a, in a new way. Like, I'm in that space right now. Mm. I'm curious where you said you, there was a point, you, I heard you say like, there was a point you recognized you had to make the switch yeah like was that was what was that for you? Was this something that was involuntary or was something that was voluntary?
1: Well, I think i I gave myself a year where instead of focusing on movement, I was focusing on meditation and paying attention to my thoughts, my feelings, my energy all the time. And boy mm. was that a bumpy year. <laughs> many, many crises were going down existentially. Like everything in my life was changing. Uh, But I wanted to trust this new process long enough to see what would happen. And after I felt really stable in that, once that had really felt integrated for me, then I allowed myself to come back into movement practices. And when I was coming back into those, it was trying to be very discerning about doing it for some external results, Or doing it for the feeling of being nourished and revitalized or wanting to connect to my body and myself in an authentic way.
0: So (sighs) if if
1: I felt gross and wanted to work out to punish myself back into submission, I didn't. And instead of defaulting back into the weights and the high intensity, like circuit stuff that I did, I preferenced, you know, open space and just kind of stretching and rolling on the floor, but it was a very soft and subtle way in. And it created this domino effect of imperceptible shifts where then almost without my noticing it day by day, more stuff was kind of opening up. And then I found myself in the gym three months later, picking up a 16 kilogram kettlebell for the first time and being dumbfounded that I could still do everything i left off with like a year and a half ago. Cause that to me was crazy <laughs> by all like scientific models we're taught as we enter the training field like that. That doesn't happen. And I was not only coming back to where I left off but I was stronger. I was more resilient. My body was more integrated cause would given myself the space to find that alignment in my own energy. And then it manifested in my body too.
0: Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. This is what I love about conscious movement. Right, This this space of, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm in gratitude and appreciating what you're saying about being in that space of, hey, listen, this is where I am right now. Right, I'm, I'm going to be still and feel what's going on give myself that space that's really a feminine characteristic and then you doing the work in that space is the masculine yes now coming now coming back the collaboration between the two is is dynamic it's it's like it could be undefeated when that balance is there in the in the right way and this is where i see you know i'm i'm experiencing for myself that that appreciation for the presence in the moment. Like, well, wow, what is my, well, I'm going to move today. I'm going to just like, wow, I just, what, even asking my body, what do I need? Mm. Like, what do I need? I I just, I, you know, it's, when you, when you were talking about that, it brought, it brought me to uh, uh, briefly to an experience I had when I just started walking outside on my own. Right um, after, after yeah, after my surgery, yeah, I gotta make sure I gotta say that because after the surgery for anyone that's had uh, two, a double hip replacement, it, it's 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 like learning to walk again, mm. and it actually forget like it is learning to walk again, because there's the and, and, and there's tummy time. It's like being a baby again. So it brought me to this time. I was walking on the side of my house right here, and and I remember from physical therapy. They were saying, yeah, it's gonna be good for you to walk around and start to learn like the gradients. Cause before that, I was just walking back and forth in this flat service around the house, like you know, little bumps between the floors and what have you. And I remember going along the side of the house and there was a dip, and it was like my body shifted, and I wanted to fight it so much. It was like, and all of a sudden I felt myself tense, and I learned to, I just let out a oh. And I let my body just like do what it did. And I just stayed there for a moment. Mm. And I was like, wow, I remember. I remember in that moment, it was like, oh, there you are. Like, like my mind and my body had met again. Mm. Oh, and here's my spirit too. Mm. Come on. Oh man, what you mean? Oh spirit, how you doing? I'm buddy, I'm (laughs) not. You know, and it's and it was such a powerful experience because since then and and recently I found myself as I've gotten stronger, I I I I have to tune back into that, right? Not I don't have to, but I I get to. I get to tune into it because I get to see where my body is.
1: Mm.
0: Like even before I just stand up and walk, which was my thing. Like I gotta stand up and just get out of here, walk. Now I stand up, I'm like. Yeah. Okay. A little tightness here. Okay. Scan. All right, let's go.
1: Yeah. It's these appreciation for these things that we take for granted as though they're unconditional and they are not, you know, I, I had this conversation over and over in a number of different levels, but I think the gift you had within this surgery was getting to re-experience what it means to learn how to walk. And to have a newly renewed and profound appreciation for what it means to be able to walk and how complex and magical walking really is and how much intelligence is tethered so deeply into our body, into the very fibers of our cells and DNA that actually know so much more than our brains do. And so when you tap into that intelligence of the body, and you stop trying to force it and control it all the time as though you know better and you let it do its thing, how how much magic and how much ease and flow and openness comes as a result of that?
0: It's amazing. It's it's I, w- I, w- I welcome the opportunity for everyone to experience that. And yeah. my fear is that people would experience that involuntarily rather than voluntarily. So involuntarily is like, I got a major injury. Yep. Because I, I failed to listen this whole time rather than like, you know, <sighs> I've been to this nagging injury. I'm going to slow down for a little bit. I'm going to focus on something else.
1: Yeah. Well, you actually I, I'll challenge you there. I do think we are going through that. Right. Because no. I do think The pandemic with the lockdown, with the masks, the fact that this whole virus is around like breathing and distancing and closing off, like all the circumstances around it have completely changed our relationship to our bodies. And the irony of it is it's changed our relationship to our bodies in that it's pushed us more into what we were already doing too much of. So now it's amplifying our experience of sort of the. Repercussions that that direction our life was already going into holds for us physiologically, mentally, emotionally, and like most directly the breath. You know, it was fascinating to me to watch the outrage break out around wearing the masks. And I think, like, looking at all the research, like, given that we don't know, we know it's a respiratory virus, and whatever you want to believe about it. I think wearing the mask ends up being frustrating for people and upsetting because it provides resistance to their breath, but they already don't breathe well to begin with. And for me, this has been like such a beautiful time to get reacquainted with my breath, especially living by myself in Brooklyn and like not having seen people for months when this happened. So as I was tuning into my breath and developing my practice there, I was like, oh my gosh, I can mimic the energy of a hug. If I tune into my breath with enough focus and enough presence and I'm really trying to feel that stretch and spread through the entire circumference of it, kind of like a star radiating out, I get that same sensation around my ribs and around my body as though I'm being held, but it's being held from the inside out. Mm.
0: That's beautiful. That is beautiful. I appreciate what you're saying there and I appreciate the value of the breath work, uh, because for, for what, one of the, what for one, one is for the reason that you said it's, it's, it's an opportunity to learn about the the imprints that are valuable, that breath work can have, right. As far as like activating parts of the body that can bring, um, the, the dopamine into the body bring the the feelings of euphoria into the body right because it's it's a it's a health it's it's healing it's oxygen it's nourishment and the other piece is for something else you said with how people are experiencing this sense of wearing a mask right and talking about energy and breath and imprint. The thing that I, I'm I see in this is that when people are wearing masks, right, it, it does something to the breath work, especially as you mentioned, majority of people um, have yet to learn proper breathing mm-hmm. techniques, right? Protocols. So what happens is, is that shallow breath now combined with this, there's an imprint of the brain that we're suffocating. Yep. Now the brain is what people, body and brain are are unique. So the brain, they're sending these signals like, hey, we can't breathe. Brain's like, this is a stressful situation. Send out the guards, okay, to protect us. The sympathetic nervous system kicks in, fight or flight. Now we're in this space. Now our our storyteller part of our brain is gonna make up a whole bunch of stories. Now guess what, along with that, uh, prolonged stress factor, our immune system breaks down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> now, it's like, now the the mental, right, the story, now now this is starting to happen, we're getting sick. There's a part of our brain, literally, that is a storyteller. There's science about this, articles. There's a storyteller. The storyteller's like, my freedom's taken away.
1: Mm-hmm. This is
0: taken away. We start to create these stories. Mm-hmm. And and the beautiful thing is, is with the movement, whatever it is, walking, Hey, movement is breathing. If I'm to if I'm to practice moving in my breath, I'm present here. The stories aren't freaking. I'm gonna be like, okay, here. Oh, I'm um, here. I'm. Um, I'm focusing on breathing deep, like you said. Oh, I just got a nice hug, and I can't and I and I can't touch anyone. Here, you know, Come on. It's like yeah, give me an elbow, give me wrist, you know, like what. So yeah, it's interesting what you say. I appreciate it. Yeah.
1: I am briefly interrupting this interview to announce that we are thrilled to have launched Evolna's on-demand app where you have unlimited access to all of our intuitive movement exercises, workouts, and meditations designed to help you become the expert of your body while creating a more fulfilling relationship with yourself. We're offering a special discount. The first month trial is only $1. You can sign up through the link in our show notes and include the checkout code Evolna1 to redeem the offer. Now back to the interview. Yeah, there, there's. It's so fascinating. Like you mentioned, the the stress that was put on all of us, right? I watched this happen with all my clients. Like everybody's body shut down.
0: Yes. And, like,
1: forget anything we'd been doing and leading up to and progressing like that was off the table. It was all about going to these basics. And now I'm so grateful to it because it I see this in a number of ways, not just movement wise, but again, looking at the fabric of our society, looking at our economy, looking at our healthcare system, looking at the Black Lives Matter movement, right? The the undercurrent of racism that most of us were blind to. But unless you were black in America, like you probably weren't seeing some cases intentionally. So it, there's something about this where it was all about pulling our attention away from the hamster wheel of like being productive and hardworking and proving yourself and going, going, going without listening or paying attention suddenly People were forced to pay attention, to listen, and then to feel things. And so there's been a heightened awareness, but it's been a bumpy ride, like learning how to recalibrate that level of awareness for everybody, you know, even even I would say practice energy people like myself. I came in being like, I know this is good for me. I know there's going to be benefits but man, I had a rough few weeks in there when I really had to square off with those parts of myself that I'd shoved in the back closet.
0: Oh, that's the work of transformation. That's <laughs> what it is. That's what it is. Any type of transformation we experience in life, any type of movement, right? Any type of advancement is going to have some bumpiness, right? And in in my thinking is that in our society, we want it, come on Jeeves, I asked you for a Dr. Pepper. Let's go, man. I asked you, you know, like, give me that stuff right now. And the thing about it is is, it's a matter of, it's a matter of patience, right? It's a matter of what what are these little things that we're doing along the way to help us do being right action and It's a it's a very interesting space because there's a lot of stress and tension right now and and I appreciate what you what you say is right on point. This time has given us the space to really look at some of the uncomfortable patterns that have been uh, the current of how we operate collectively, right? Collectively, and 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 you know I do facilitation work, men's facilitation work, and whenever uh, there's that spot of experiencing something completely new it's like it's like they got doused with cold water man it shocks the system and you just mentioned I have to recalibrate systems check where's the reset okay I gotta look at my vision what do I hear what do I sense how do I move what do I hold tension uh it's it's really it's really interesting um and I and I see that you know one of the things like recently I've been working more with black men. And from my personal practice, I've been, I've been teaching myself with the guidance of uh, a gentleman, Yasirah Hotep, Kemetic Yoga, which is for uh, inner alchemy, racial trauma. And the, the most, the, the, the key piece that he discusses is the breath and being able to calm come to a space of ease because what's happening in our society is like, there's a lot of trauma that's being unearthed, you know, whether it's racial trauma, political trauma, um, earth trauma. There's a lot of things that are, I mean, for people that are hearing this that have yet to really buy into the energy piece, there is energy that's going on like scientific. I mean, like, listen, electricity, you don't see a a wire, going to this thing but when i turn on the light guess what let's turn that flip oh wow i don't, i'm free of seeing it and it happens so there's energy that is being unearthed with these videos that are being seen right with um the 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 you talk about movement something you mentioned before about like moving to beat myself up you know the, there's there's some of that and the thing that's coming that I'm so happy that Professionals like you and souls like you and I are out here doing this because things are going to get a little bit rockier. Yeah. So we ain't done yet, 2020. Yeah, listen, we're only in August and we're wrapping it up. <laughs> so, this stuff is so like, cool. whoa! I don't know anybody who likes music, and you say dance, the whole dance number comes to a crescendo, and uh, <laughs> yo, I haven't, I have yet to experience that. So, uh, and I sense that this it's coming. So what are the ways that we release the tension? We breathe, we, we, we be, we, um, we notice, we witness, we release. Uh, and these are all things that can happen from movement in breath, in body, in, in mind, in, you know, when we talk, uh, you know, you mentioned Black Lives Movement, uh, Black Lives Matter movement, and you know I've had I've had some very um, I've been hot or cold, hot and cold with it recently because you know I found out some things with the donation and then like a lot of the language that's being spoken at um, these protests, like I can't breathe, is a spell for yeah. black and indigenous peoples. Yes. You're shouting, I can't breathe. You're telling your body, hey, uh, body, I can't breathe. Combine that with a mask, combine that with broken down immune systems that already exist in urban and black and indigenous cultures and populations. So my thing is like, this is, this is where I see in that Black Lives Matter movement, I would, I would rather see it as a Black Lives Matter advancement because the advancement is like I'm focused on what I'm looking to address. Rather, I'm just moving in circles. This moving in circles brings about bad things because now mm. I'm screaming and creating these vibrations of these phrases that are actually more damaging mm. than uplifting and empowering, and encouraging. It's you know, that's
1: actually that's actually been what I felt immediately when this like surged forward in June, I was watching the language coming forward to talk about this. And I was like, I feel like the language is wrong. I feel like the language is drawing more momentum to what we don't want. And unfortunately, like the way the energy of the world works is it, it's not a language. So it's not delineating when you say no or don't or anti- it's going where the attention is. So even in a statement like anti-racist, while I understand logically what it means, I understand how energy works and I've seen it work in my life and with others. I'm observer of energy, number one, even with movement. And when you're saying anti-racist, you're still bringing racism into the equation. So I was thinking more about, well, where can I be positioning my thoughts, my attention, my energy into the world I do want to see where racism isn't in our ver- vernacular, where it is a system where all humans are appreciated, mm. you know,
0: yes. every
1: every race is appreciated. We're not trying to be colorblind. We're trying to embrace the diversity.
0: Yeah, We're colorful.
1: Our, yeah, we're trying to embrace our history. Right. And and so, you know, I watched it for a long time. And initially when this arose, I did a really good job of um, eviscerating myself and beating myself up as a white mm-hmm. woman, which I think was also a necessary step to take that time to look at myself through a lens I'd never allowed myself to be seen in. Right. And to really be discerning with that. And then use that as the momentum to decide, well, how do I want to move forward? What shifts can I make? Where have I maybe missed the boat in the past because I wasn't willing to be in this uncomfortable place with myself? Right. And then going forward, like you're saying, being very discerning about the energy. And so for me, it's been black joy. It's been black creativity. I know for me, now I'm like looking through the fitness industry and I'm like, shit, we don't have like really any black people who've created modalities. And and this is dumbfounding to me. And I felt this as a woman, like how underrepresented we are. But now I'm seeing, oh my gosh, this whole section of humanity, while being so closely tied to fitness and athleticism, somehow doesn't have a resounding voice in the expert section. So how can I do my part to bring that more to light? with the resources I have, with the privilege I have.
0: Blessings. Thank you for thank you for that. Thank you for doing that. I think, you know, this is important. This is where the systemic racism and the systemic I I free of using racism because this is sexism, this is elite, <laughs> this is classism. <laughs> Listen, <Everything. laughs> yeah. Whatever ism you want to bring into it, bring it on in. Because really what what it comes down to is Is being able to really see how are we bringing diverse perspectives, sights, sounds to this environment? Because most of the time, uh, you know, we can say these things in words, and doing them in action is a practice. Because now it's something that you said. I'm constantly looking at. Well, we're, okay, okay, like, even if it's a, even if it's a social circle, hmm. do these all, does everyone see the way I see, think the way I think? Okay, I need to hang out. Yes, I need to hang, I get to hang out with some different people. I'm stuck here, right? And this is how, you know, we as a society, we can easily, we can be easily led. Now, the thing that, um that I appreciate is being able to, and I tell, you know, when this was all going down, I had a lot of my uh, white friends and partners come, come, come through like, Paul, first of all, are you okay? And then second of all, like, what do I do? And I would say, do And I would tell them, do your work, <laughs> do your inner work. And what does that mean? Well, like you said, look at how you seen things, look at your circle, look at, look at really take another layer of what you're seeing on TV, what you read, um, what's your thoughts are like how you act around different, around marginalized groups or different isms, different people. You know, listen, one of the things for me is I found like to speak to myself, like an ism for me was ableism. Like I felt uncomfortable around people that, uh, were, were, he- that were free of having an able body like mine. Cause I would like want to care and pamper and at the same time, give them their, so I had to learn like, well, ask, let's ask. and let's. And I, it's also one of the things I heard you say without saying it is having compassion in what I see in myself. Because one of the things I notice now, too, is people are, will be willing to look at things about themselves. And then when they speak their truth, people are quick to come jump down their throats like, you're such a blah, blah, blah. Like, hold up. Why? I'm speaking my truth. I'm working through this. This is what's real for me right now. I'm o- now I'm saying I'm open. And, and this is where, you know, there's a, this is the sustainable practice, right? It's a sustainable practice of continuing to look at things because we can be easily misled. The science of it doesn't lie. I mean, like, the science of it tells the truth. You look at where we are. Most of the time it's here. It's in a phone. It's on social media. People listen to podcasts. So people... You know, I, I, I'm learning right now, like as far as my calendar, I have to I, I get to have time to think. Mm. Right. Time to think. That's one of the if it's one thing that's missing critical think, critical uh, ability that's missing right now is critical thinking. Like, let's teach that. Yeah. Because then I could look at I could look at it like hmm, I could pick it apart free of being uh, uh, like emotionally attached to it. That yeah. can come from the growth, too. So. Oh,
1: I love what you're talking about, about seeking out the diversity, seeking out the diverging opinions and viewpoints, you know, and this actually, like, blends in so beautifully with movement, right? Like, we know this from science. The more you enrich your system with different ways, like, you're going to be set up to thrive, right? This has yes. been the flaw in fitness, <laughs> just finally breaking down, um, has been this, like, ideal myth that there's the one perfect thing and if i just find it and hold on to it like everything will work out but like (laughs) your life is always changing you need different and that's something to be embraced Mm -hmm. and i prefer one like since black lives matter i've been doing this in politics i've been doing this like researching like all our systems i've been doing it even with like socio political and economic issues, I'm I'm purposely putting myself into conversations w- or reading conversations with people who do not see this things the same way as me. With Republicans, with Democrats, with people with like different ethnicities and races and backgrounds, also with disparaging opinions, and I'm reading all of it, and it's really fascinating to me that at the end of the day. Most of us want the same thing, but we get so wrapped up in the details. I think this is also comes back to the energy. This has been the imbalanced masculine, which I also think the masculine energy we see is not even a fully fleshed out masculine. It's kind of a fragmented one. And, and it's not even what masculine energy really looks like, but this society where we're not, we have to control. We have to control our bodies. We have to control our circumstances. We have to control other people. And this like the greatest illusion, and it's like the the like underlying bullshit premise <laughs> that that you have control over these things and you're that you're supposed to, you're not. And in fact, when we stop trying to control others, and we can go into a conversation not from the standpoint of convincing them of our viewpoint. But instead, just listening to their viewpoint, maybe allowing yourself to be shaped by that viewpoint, but just to receive it, to not have to do something with it. And this is whether it's politics, whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's health, whether it's relationships, like whether it's science versus energy. This is how people regulate every relationship in their lives. It's always needing to impinge mine on yours, And then you don't even know who you are. So what you said about taking that time for critical thinking, I also think of it as like taking time for critical feeling, you know, where I'm gonna use the magic of the internet and this device to like open my horizon. And then I'm gonna give myself time to sit with it and be like, well, where do I stand in the midst of all of this? Instead of being like, how can I like orient myself in this moment with the information here and just feel, into what feels resonant for me and make decisions from that standpoint.
0: Uh, Yes. So you're, oh boy, this is, I love this conversation because it's like, it's, it applies to the diverse piece. It applies to movement into growth. Mm -hmm. And as you were saying, that brings me to like, as a trainer for years and like, you know, teaching animal flow yoga, I can I can get how I, I get a good idea now of how people are in their life when they're rigid or when like I have someone that's like ah oh, you know I don't I don't usually do this uh, so this is not you know this is different the way I'm done all right so now I see that this is how you want to see like you see things a certain way and it's very it's you're gonna be rigid and you're gonna be in this way and hey that's who you are great I appreciate you I'm um, going to do this. We can still be cool, though. Okay? And and if you want to do what I'm doing, I'll come do what you're doing. Because it goes both ways. Right? Yeah. And there's the diversity. And I think that's what's happened in the fitness. And even I see in the yoga space, too. It's like, you know, we, we see, like, there's, like, there's stanga, There's the Vinyasa. There's this. There's that. There's goats. There's kittens. There's, you know, it's like... <laughs> Hey, whatever yoga you want to do, I'm good with it. Hey, we want us to live. We can lift weights together. Mm-hmm. Come do this yoga. We'll breathe together. Mm-hmm. Do animal flow. We go rock climb, and this brings up the science of it. Is when we're doing these things constantly and changing our environment, and this is a movement in body and movement in mind. How we do one thing is how we do everything. That I'm learning and, and it like constantly reminding myself, like, okay, if I'm stuck here, well, how I'm doing this, like where else am I stuck? Oh, ho, 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 there too. Oh, snap, damn. So we we get we get in this space where all of a sudden we're stuck. And then by us doing and being in different environments, hearing different things, critically thinking, moving, now our brain begins to build new pathways. And in these new pathways, now, well, hold up, that same book that I read, Marie, like Five years ago, if I'm doing different things, I could read it right. Read it now; it's a completely different book. My brain is wired different. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's you know I, that's why I think movement is really important, and whatever that can look like for the person, great. And then once you get used to that, whatever scares you, do that. Mm -hmm. one step, because I'm telling you, if it scares you, it's probably that first step you got to take. And then you're like, oh, this might not be that bad. Or it's like,
1: if it scares you, it's usually because part of you really wants it, but you're afraid of that leap of disassociating from what you know for a moment to go into a place you don't know. Mm -hmm. But in my experience, every time something scares me, it's because there's actually a bigger part of me that really wants what's on the other side. And I know it, I feel it. It's just that jump that's scary.
0: Yep, And it's wild, right? Just th- when you just said that, I'm thinking about when you were uh, sharing your story about going more to the meditation side, right? You had to let go of the weights to swing to that other side. And then when you swung back, you're like, yo, I can still get this 16 kilo- kilogram, who you with? <laughs> you know, all of a sudden it's like, you, you are able to come back, I think, and that's such a powerful lesson, like, if people that are listening to this hear this, that whatever movement or whatever you're doing, that's different. You can come back to what you originally were doing. You can come back to your beliefs. It may shift. You're going to be where you were, maybe even further. So take, go for it. Go for it. Get support. Go for it. Like you know, we're here. You know,
1: listen. Yeah, I mean, for me, like what you said about how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. And for me as a trainer, this was always, I think, long for a long time. I just watched how other people trained, and I watched clients go through the motions, and I just like was dumbfounded because. For me, that was so obvious. It took me several years to realize that what was obvious to me was not clear to anybody else and needed to be taught. And now that I'm in this place of actually teaching movement, not for the body, but through the lens of understanding that movement is your self-development work. It is work with a capital W. And so when you bring in body, mind and energy together, It's the most powerful, potent compilation that there is. And like we mentioned earlier, masculine energy, masculine and feminine energy being this beautiful synthesis, this beautiful force when they're in co creation. I see that happen with movement. The feminine component is when you're so plugged into your body and feeling that nothing else is there. And the masculine is the ability to stay with whatever sensation, whatever energy is coming up and be willing to receive it at the same time, to be willing to push with the discomfort, to be willing to stay in the stretch, to be willing to sweat and exert yourself that extra bit when when it feels like you're going to split. Right. That that is where you when you're watching people who do that all the time, you can't tear your eyes off of them. Right. And it's it's not what they're doing. It's their energetic alignment that's being expressed through their movement, their mind, their body, and their energy at the same time.
0: Mm. The masculine is also the dedication and commitment to come back and do it the next day. The devotion, the space, giving that space to the feminine to freaking create.
1: Well, I think like the masculine is such a steady form of support right it's unconditional support and the femininity is permission to express <laughs> to be you know and and those things do not exist separately and if you look at our society at large that's what people want they want the freedom to be themselves and they need the safety to do so and right now we don't actually have either this has been one of the continuous conversations i've had with my parents from who came from communist Czechoslovakia, left everything behind, you know, like worked their way up from nothing, and their whole experience of this society is America, freedom. People aren't free here, <laughs> like they aren't, not not right. in the way they want to be. And and like when we were talking about the masks, then like then it's very easy with all this energy you're rambling about to then create associations as to what's impinging your freedom, but it's actually these undercurrents. And if we tune into our energy, if we tune into our feeling, if we give ourselves that space to critically think and feel, we start to get more of awareness of what freedom and expression and safety really feel like. And then we start to move towards them in the small way. And that creates the big shifts.
0: Yes, 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 (laughs) yes. And yeah, I'm with your parents we're not free we're far from free we're far from free no. god yes yes oh man I'm, I'm calling you mj from now on by the way i just feel like yo mj yo you're a superstar man it's like michael jackson with the white glove what you're saying is freaking yeah listen what you what you said is is so on point um so on point and i'm happy that that the people are hearing this like this is this is out here now uh, because listen people, this is this is a seri- this is an interesting time for us as a society, as a collective. Hmm. It's a very interesting time. Um, and it's a time for us to find our own direction rather than having to rely on what others tell us the direction is. And it's in alignment with what we're talking about with movement. Because, for us to truly be free, in whatever sense of the word, we have to be able to move outside of our perceived limitations and structures. Even if we, even if we uh, don't <laughs> have, you know, move outside the structure, we have a structure. The freedom is like, boom! I'm gonna bust this down. I'm gonna make this new structure now. And I could stay in this and boom, I'm going to make the structure this way. And it's, and it's interesting, you know, I did this, um, initiation weekend, this male initiation weekend called the new warrior training with the mankind project. And that along with like my, my teachings and, and, um, learnings from shamanism, I learned about the different cardinal directions. And they're basically the accesses, right? So the, the male, the masculine access is the North and the South. Mm. In archetypes, it's the North is the sovereign part of us, the one that oversees the realm, right? The South is the warrior, mm. the one that gets it done. Mm. So that's perceived as the masculine, that's the structure, right? I'm gonna oversee this space And I'm going to get it done.
1: Mm.
0: Now, this other access, the East and the West, the East is known as the lover, right? That unconditional love for self and others. The West is the magician, the alchemist, the creator, right? On the East and West, it's going to, it's going to spin, go all over the place. And it can because the North and South are right here the whole time.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That reminds me of that book. Is this reference from that book? I think it's King, called. King,
0: Magician, Warrior, Lover. Yes.
1: Yeah, one of my favorites of yes. all time. Yes.
0: Yes. yes. Yep. <laughs> there it is. There it is. And, the, and, it's, and, it's, and it's what is na- it's natural. Hmm. It's nature, right? We go. Like if, if anybody ever wants to really tap into movement and they're like, my body's tight, I invite people to look at the tops of trees, okay? People are like, what the heck is this dude talking about? Look, yeah, look at the top of trees and notice that, and then, and then when you see movement up at the top, watch the movement and then move down the tree. Watch how solid the tree is. What are the, What happens with the roots? Right. Then up top, like it's got the the leaves got the freedom to move in the wind, you know. If they want to fall after they've had their lightning, and they come back to the you know. So um, pay attention for people that are listening to this. I I, I highly invite you. Like look, 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 this is all movement. This is all movement and energy. Energy moves. Emotion, energy, emotion. So. Yeah, this is, I'm so happy we have this combo. This <laughs> it's like. Oh
1: my God, I, I can talk to you forever. It seems yeah, like it could be a three hour episode. But to yeah. tap off the tree thing, I I have a personal obsession and affinity for trees. And I, I always love to look up at them just because you can see the full expression of their unique architecture. And even the ones that maybe aren't like as symmetrical, there's like a secret beauty in there. And for me, the tree imagery and plants in general are such incredible, wise beings because they're not forcing, they're not trying, they're not efforting. They're just doing their thing every day, you know, and they do what they can. And it's fascinating to watch the trees that can grow around concrete, you know, that that whatever obstacle, they just find a way. and also the beautiful imagery of, you know, the root system you don't see, like you said, that's responsible for keeping that tree steady so that those leaves and those upper branches, that top pillowy part can like flow around and dance and be free. But like the work that you don't see that goes into that, the deep work of digging into the unknown of that darkness of of not being able to see and have clear direction, but feel your way through. I think it's such a beautiful metaphor for how to combine these energies we're talking about, masculine, feminine, the other subtle energies we see at work within our world, both internally and externally.
0: Mm. Say truth, truth. Man, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is definitely what we may have, have to have a part two. And Listen, I'm happy we're connected because I think again, like this, especially coming into this year, it's gonna be good for us to be able to, you know, have this kind of connection, be able to have these conversations, collaborate. How we how we move in the world, how we yeah. supporting others as they move in the world. Because uh, this is buckle up.
1: <laughs> well, with that being said, um, as we wrap things up. Mm-hmm. I always like to let the guest offer some final thoughts or, you know, wisdom for the listeners. So I know you were talking earlier about, you know, how important it is for, for people to be in these movements. Do you have any practical advice for people, things that people can tap into right now to be able to shift that equation?
0: Yes. Uh, So for people that are listening, my my invitation is to become intimate with your breath and body and in that space of intimacy, um, allow your breath to see into your body and allow your body to be seen by your breath. And what that means is, as you breathe in, well, become aware of where you hold tension. And as you breathe out, be willing to let it go. Be willing, and if you, and even if it's for a minute, be willing for that minute to let the tension go. Again, your body and your breath and the presence there. And if you want to pick up whatever tension you had after the time frame, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> and you don't have to. Um, again, that's my invitation. Focus on the breath and the body. And, and, and be, let those two become intimate and then witness what happens for you and your practices, whatever they are for yourself. And thank you. And thank you for this opportunity. Appreciate thank
1: it. Thank you, Paul. We're going to have to have you on again. This has been so much fun and, oh, man, really, really powerful episode. Thank you for creating this with me
0: today. Blessing to be here with you. Thank you for this opportunity, MJ
1: thank you for tuning in with us today you can find contact information and all references made during the show in the show notes if you enjoyed the episode don't forget to subscribe leave a review and spread the love by sharing with family and friends if you want to learn more or would like additional support in your movement relationship head to our website at evolna.com be gentle be generous and be good to yourself and have a beautiful day